Welcome everyone to episode 327 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm your host, the Glort. Hang on a second. Hey, would you shut up out there? Shut up! I'm trying to record. Jeez. I've invited a bunch of people over and they just won't shut up. Ugh. Anyway. I'm your host, the Glorious League Freak. And today I am going to talk about something that has made major news in the National Rugby League, and that is a house party. A house party which is going to become the stuff of legend as we go forth into the future as rugby league fans. Now, there's a lot that has happened, so let me take you through it. First of all, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, they had 13 players that went to Paul Vaughan's house for a little bit of a gathering and they were all caught, basically. So I wasn't going to list their names, but the different players got different levels of fines and they were put out there by the NRL itself. So I think now that their names are out, it's fair enough because I think the fines are interesting and at the variation of the fines is kind of weird as well. So taking Paul Vaughan out of it, the other players that were fined were Blake Laurie, who got a $20,000 fine, Corey Norman, who got a $50,000 fine, Daniel Alvaro, who got a $15,000 fine, Jack Bird, who got a $25,000 fine, Josh Kerr got an $18,000 fine, Josh Maguire got a $12,000 fine, Cade Ellis only got a $5,000 fine. Matt Dufty got a $23,000 fine. Paul Vaughan, $50,000 fine. That's the least of his problems. Terrell Fuimayono got a $12,000 fine. Zach Lomax got a $31,000 fine. Jack DeBellin got a $42,000 fine. And Gerard Beale got a $2,000 fine. Now... Other things that happened since then. Paul Vaughan has had the rest of his contract torn up. He was off contract at the end of next year and his contract was worth around about $800,000 a year. So he has been whacked. He has not only been fined by the club, he has been released by the club. There's no talk about if there is any sort of payout on his contract. I don't know that there will be. They said this was the third breach of his contract that he's had. So they said there was a COVID breach last year that he was a part of. And there was also another incident that he was involved in that was much more minor. And so they terminated his contract. Uh, wow. Pretty expensive party. Pretty expensive party. Paul Vaughan put out a statement on... Instagram on his official Instagram and I thought it was important I'd read that first. So this is from Paul Vaughan. Quote, Firstly, I am sorry. My actions were stupid, unexplainable and irresponsible. The events that took place on the weekend were thoughtless and disrespectful to not only the game that I love but to all of the sponsors, members, fans as well as the broader community. The reality is I should have known better and I am truly sorry. I have let a lot of people down through my actions and I hope that this sincere apology shows 
how deeply sorry I am that I realise the enormity and the stupidity of what I have done. To say that I have learnt a lesson from this is an understatement. I hope one day in the future I can get the opportunity to showcase my remorse through better actions on and off the field. Again, I apologise to my teammates, the NRL, the club, its members, sponsors and fans along with all the stakeholders in the game and community. That's a pretty classy apology. And it's not very often you see an NRL player make that sort of unreserved apology too, which is interesting. Um, man, this is, it's a big incident. And, you know, I, I can see why the club is very angry about this. I can see why the NRL is angry about this. The players know that there's the bubble that they've all got to be a part of and abide by to make it easier for the game to keep going forward while the rest of us are in lockdown, basically. Um, he's been smashed, though. He has lost a lot. And I actually asked on my Twitter feed, and I, I'm going to go to it because... It was a question where I just simply asked the question. I didn't want to put it out there. I said, Paul Vaughan has had the rest of his contract cancelled. That's $1 million. He has lost his job. He has been fined by the police. He's been fined by his former club. He's been banned for eight games by the NRL. And he's publicly been raked through the coals. When are you happy that he has paid enough? Now, I got a bunch of different replies, and I'd like to read some of them out. Con K said, technically, he lost his job based on the three-strike policy. Stone Gozard said, just like in the real world, three strikes at a job and you're out. No sympathy for the bloke. Go play in England or something. Uh, let me just go to the tweet itself, because I will get more replies. <coughs> Jason Nightingale said, World's most expensive piss-up. Crazy, stupid. But would you say more dangerous than high-range drink driving? Worse than assault? I reckon the club had to sack as he's undermined their whole culture, but shouldn't be unemployable elsewhere for it. Lambretta said, If he'd been playing to the, his potential, the Dragons wouldn't have sacked him. If he hadn't been a repeat offender the Dragons wouldn't have sacked him. His inability to live up to his contract and then throw it back in his employer's faces has cost him a million bucks. That's on him. It's interesting because when I saw he'd been sacked, I was a bit surprised by it. And then I heard that he was on about $800,000 a year. And when he signed that contract, not the worst contract in the world, but the form that he showed this year it's a pretty bad contract, and I think that to get out of that contract, I can see where a club is pretty happy to be out of that contract. Brian Bunn said, I think the competition is worth way more than the million dollars and think he deserves everything coming his way. They did it and then lied. The competition is very much at risk here. Paul, who's Paul Boomer Boy, 
He says, it's questions like this that keep the knobs in NRL 360 in the job. Man, if I've ever kept anyone in three, NRL 360 in a job, let me say, my apology will be way better than Paul Vaughan's. <laughs> Uncle Reckless says, is it a punishment if he ends up at a stronger club? Now, that's a really good question. Because I was thinking, I don't think Paul Vaughan is unemployable in the NRL, and we have to see what the NRL does, because it's hard to predict. And I'm going to talk about why that is a little bit later in the podcast. But if the NRL has handed down an eight-match suspension against him, does that mean he can sign for another club today and then have to sit out eight games and then he's okay to play for them going forward? Who knows? Um, He wouldn't be a bad signing. I think for a contender, you could probably pick him up pretty cheaply at the moment. He would just want to get back on the field. You're not going to get him until the finals pretty much roll around. But I think you'd take that. I think a lot of teams would take Paul Vaughan just for a few weeks. But the NRL is super unpredictable as to who they'll allow you to sign. Um, I think going into next year, I don't think they'd stand in his way, but they might stand in his way for the rest of the season. Uh, Michael Littlejohn said, not as bad as what his wife will do to him. Uh, it's probably a really good point. Beck, long time follower of mine, Beck, and I follow her as well. She said, we've let worse back into the game. I'd be happy for him to pick up another contract, but after his suspension is served. I, I agree with Beck. Um, I think considering how much he has lost financially and he will have to sit out two months, um, I've got no problems if he signs with another club. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what clubs would be a good place for him to go to. I might talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. Um, AB, their tag, their Twitter tag is wise168. So I'm sorry if I've got your first name or your second name wrong even. In my opinion, in my opinion, the penalty seems excessive, but it's not the end of the world for him like some people are making it out to be. Like every person who has had their employment terminated, you go out and get another job. He will get a gig somewhere else. I agree 100%. Um, I would guess he already has options on the table this evening as I'm recording this. Phil Rogers said he'll be in the leadership group next year at the, at the Tigers. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a Tigers player to me because they name, normally pick up their players in about November, December. He's available now. Uh, Radical Raider said, gutless by the Dragons. It's only because he's on big money. Uh, ben Island said, Raiders, Tigers or Dogs, buy him before the week is over. I, I think if you want talent at your club and you are short of talent up front, I think it's imperative that you go and talk to Paul Vaughan as soon as possible. Um, so I agree with that. St. George, who is obviously not the St. George, their name is at Jubilee Ave. They said, time to move on. Punishment very extreme on face value, but it's strike number three. Saints will miss him on the field. Not much off it. Uh, Chris, whose tag is Beavis ate a bird, said, all know the rules. All attended the gathering. I get eight weeks and $50,000 fine. 
the rest one week and various fines. Uh, why were they not all treated the same, sacking aside? That's a really good question. The fines were so random, it seemed. And, you know, it wasn't like you had, say, a number of them got 50,000 fines, a number of them got 20,000 fines, and then a number of them got, say, 5,000 fines. I think it might have to do with maybe something to do with the Players Association's rules and the collective bargaining agreement where some of the players, you're not allowed to find them too, too big of a percentage of their overall salary. That's my guess, though. I'm just guessing that. I don't know for certain. Uh, Herman 2021 must have been a wild barbecue and there was no fighting. Barbecues on a Sunday arvo were once an Aussie tradition. Now it's a crime. COVID has changed the country. What next? Vaughan will never play in the NRL again. Or will he go to the Tigers? <laughs> People shitting on the Tigers will never get old. Uh, Brett Doc Nathan said, now he'll make a decent brickie. Uh, what else have we got here? Alex McCormack. He's paid for three breaches of contract, not just this event. He's currently paying for consistency. Uh, he's currently paying for consistently dumb decisions over time. Uh, bald man. Ex uh, hashtag, not hashtag, uh, asterisk. Said he's hung out uh, when he's hung out and quartered. Because remember, I said, when has he paid enough? Xander R. TVT said, in the real world, people get sacked for less every day. He didn't get he didn't get just how good he had it and showed blatant disrespect for his club. The fact that it was a second offence and was so much worse just left them with limited options. What do you do with someone like that? It's a pretty good question. Um, you know, at some point, I think it is fair enough if a club gets to a position where they're like, we're sick of dealing with this dude and we want rid of him. Uh, Milky Bar Kid said, fuck him. He had enough chances. He can now go and be a concreter. And Frankie Bowles said, hate to burst your bubble, but I'm not sure if the jealous knobs will ever be satisfied. He broke the rules, but didn't break the bubble. No risk to the game except from some wanker fans pouting. Find him, suspend him, but save the public stoning. Now, I am getting more uh, replies as the evening goes on, but they're the ones I've got so far. I just saw there's six more that I could go through. I just wanted to give people that were listening to the podcast a feeling about how people are feeling about this decision and these fines and what the general feeling is amongst some fans on Twitter, and, and they're my followers, these people. I tend to think he has paid a lot. And I understand what he did was wrong. But a million dollars out of pocket to lose his job, uh, you know, he'll pick up another club. We know that. But man, it is a lot. It is a lot to to have to deal with for him. I saw him on NRL 360. Uh, I only caught... I didn't catch the beginning of him on there. I caught probably three quarters of it, though. He seemed pretty upset, which he's going to be. 
and in some ways I couldn't help but feel sorry for him. I know he made these decisions. I know he chose to do this, but there was a lot of them that did this, and he's the only one that's out of pocket a million bucks and lost his job. Uh, it's a tough one. It's a really tough one, and it's a weird situation we're all in at the moment. You know, I... I did a tweet the other day where I, I went through all of the things that these players can do together. They can play together, train together, they're on flights together, buses together, film sessions together. You know, I mean, these guys, they they share the same showers. You know, they're together so much of the time. And I can see where at some point, the idea that it is such a terrible, horrible thing to have some drinks together it just doesn't really make sense to them. But it, the rules are the rules, unfortunately. And Paul Vaughan, you cannot say that he has not paid for this. He has paid dearly for his decisions. And so have the rest of the Dragons. I mean, you go through them fines. They're pretty damn big fines. Even though these guys are on big money, they are big, big fines. Now, one line that people were talking about was that we have seen Paul Vaughan get smashed like that. And then we see other players that have committed violent acts against people off the field that have been uh, found guilty of domestic violence and, and things like that, that they've all been allowed back in the game. And I can understand people not really being able to make sense of that because... It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense, no matter what way you look at it. Um, I don't know the answer to all of this. I really don't. Because, you know, at some point you need somebody that sort of is in charge of saying, well, they can play the game again, but they can't play the game again. And when you look at some of the decisions that have been made in those regards, they don't really make sense. You know, I, I look at someone like Israel Folau, and, and we've talked about Israel Folau a lot on the podcast, and we have never once endorsed anything he said. It's just stupid what he's saying, really stupid. And I can understand the powers that be not wanting to have him involved in the game. I really can and it doesn't bother me either way, to be honest with you. But in terms of their decision to not let him play is what I'm talking about. But it's weird that Israel Folau said offensive things and he is being banished from the NRL. Looks like he will never play for the, in the NRL again. Um, Paul Vaughan has been basically had a million dollars taken off him and has been sacked for a COVID breach. And when you line up those offences against what we know some players have done that are running around on NRL fields this year, it doesn't make sense to me. And it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And I know we're dealing with apples and oranges in a lot of these cases. And I know that one thing doesn't excuse another. One terrible thing doesn't excuse the you know, Paul Vaughan inviting everyone over to his house. But, you know, I think most people look at these situations and they don't understand it. 
and that's fair enough because I don't understand it either. I don't understand it either. What would have been a fair thing for Paul Vaughan? The three strikes on his contract that adds that complicates things. Um, and and so if the Dragons want to sack him for that overall, you know that's up to them. That's a club's decision. Uh, if it this was a standalone thing, I think that they probably would not have sacked him. I think the fifty thousand dollar fine is pretty damn harsh. Um, I can I think that the eight week suspension is fine. I've got no problems with the eight week suspension. Funnily enough, I think that having something like that in place is a real. You know, that's going to stop other NRL players from doing anything like this. Because the money, you know, I, I understand that the players, you know, they're worried about money and things like that. But they'll, in a weird way, a lot of them would be way more worried about their club knowing that they're going to be having to sit out for two weeks or two months, sorry. Um, ah, you wish that the game didn't have to deal with things like this and... You know, the Dragons Club, I don't know how they're going to deal with the, this many players who they've basically had to find. I had somebody um, saying, like, does Paul Vaughan still have to pay the fine even if he's been sacked? I don't know that answer. <laughs> I don't know if Paul Vaughan doesn't get a, a single cent of the money that they would be paying him. I don't know if they would withhold maybe his payment for this month, because my understanding is players get paid month by month. Uh, that, seem, that seems to be the, the way that they do these things in, in the NRL and Super League. So, yeah, all of that is happening in the NRL. Some good news, though, is that none of the players involved in the State of Origin series from the Dragons were involved in any of this. So that's a good thing. Otherwise, the Origin game would have been really, really heavily affected. That would have been really strange. But yeah, uh, Paul Vaughan sacked. Lots of Dragons players fined. I don't know what happens with the money that is collected from those players, where it goes to. Actually, I saw somebody saying that it went to player education and welfare programs. Who knows, though? Probably just goes back into the, the club or the NRL's coffers. I don't really know how any of that works. Now, looking at some actual rugby league news, and I waited until the Queensland team was finally put together. Um, it's still in flux. David Fafida has been suspended, so he will not take part in the Queensland uh, Game 3. Uh, Francis Molo has been brought into the 17. So as of now, the Queensland team is Callan Ponga at fullback, Valentine Holmes and Xavier Coates on the wing, uh, Tabudai Fidal and Dan Gagai in the centres. I really like that combination. I like that Cape, uh, Kurt Capewell doesn't have to defend in the centres for Queensland. He did his best, but he was on a hiding to nothing, to be honest with you. Cameron Munster and Daly Cherry Evans in the halves. In the halves. Christian Welch and Josh Papali up front. Ben Hunt is the hooker. I think that's a good move. Um, 
Kurt Capewell's moved to the back row. Felice Cafusi is still in the side, and Jai Arrow is the lock. And then we have AJ Brimson as number 14. Tino Fasamala Aoi, hopefully I got that right, at 15. Um, Futawoka is at 16, and of course Milo comes in as the 17. They also had uh, Kurt Mann and Thomas Flegler were in their extended squad. I like the look of this Queensland team more than any of the teams that they've named so far in this series. I, uh, you know, it's it's going to be difficult for them. New South Wales are on a real roll. They've got so many players that are in form. Um, I like that they're trying a few things, though. Uh, having Callum Ponga back is going to be huge for them, I think. You know, he gives them a little bit more playmaking. And Valentine Holmes at fullback, I just feel as though he's not a fullback. Like, he does his best, but he is way, way, way better on the wing. Um, I'm happy to see Ben Hunt at hooker because I thought he played really well in the second game, but he didn't get many minutes because Andrew McCulloch obviously was the starter. And I felt like Queensland looked a lot better with Hunt at hooker when he was on the field. So it's interesting that they named him um, and they kept him in, in for game three. Now, a little bit of other news. Israel Folau, ugh, the saga continues. After walking out on his contract, basically, at the Catalan Dragons, having that really weird press conference where he was, you know, basically planning to sue everybody if he couldn't play for the Southport Sharks. And then he had to work out a release from the Catalan Dragons because he was still under contract with them. He gets the release from the Dragons, all ready to play for the Southport Sharks, and he immediately signs with the Japanese Rugby Union Club. How wonderful is that? The club is called NTT Communications Shining Arcs. I tell you what, I would love to hear the cheers by their fans and the way that their fans fit that name into a team song. But uh, yeah, Israel Folau, it looks like he's going to go back to Rugby Union. Um, you know, just the latest in a long saga with Israel Folau. If he went back to AFL, it wouldn't shock me at this point. I wouldn't be shocked by anything he did. Um and when it comes down to it, I think if you've looked over the course of his career, his next career move has always been dictated by where there's more money. And, you know, I, I think that this is just where there's more money. So, you know, I hope he has fun playing rugby union in Japan. I'm sure he'll be a big superstar over there. In a little bit of good news for Penrith Panthers fans, James Fisher-Harris has signed a four-year contract extension at the club. Uh, that'll take him through to the end of the 2026 season. He's currently 25 years old, so he's going to get another good contract uh, after this one. I haven't heard any rumors or news or anything like that about how much they're going to be paying him, but what a player to lock down for four years. He's in great form. Um He's shown that he can play in the these rules. Under these rules, he's basically the perfect front rower 
because he's got great mobility. He's a very strong ball runner, fantastic defender. Uh, under the previous rules that we had in 2019, he was still a really, really good forward as well. But because you could play bigger players up front, he was not, I wouldn't say undersized, but he was a smaller front rower. And you could even play him in the back row if you really wanted to. But under the current set of rules, we've got perfect player to have. Uh, one of Penrith's best players. I'm really happy to see him staying at the club. I'm glad that there's no speculation about him going and, and all that sort of thing. And I'm sure every single Penrith Panthers fan will feel the exact same. It's good to have the fish stick around at Penrith. He's talking about wanting to end his career at the club. It would be really cool if he did. But as I said, he's going to get a... He'll have this contract and he's he's going to be able to get another big contract. It's not going to be probably four years uh, unless he stays injury-free. And touch wood, he is one of those players. Um that doesn't get injuries and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens, but really happy to see him signing up long-term with the Panthers. In some more re-signing news, Daniel Tupo of the Sydney Roosters has signed a two-year contract extension. Um, that's a smart move by both parties. I think it's good to see him stay at the club. He's 30 years old. It might be the last contract that he gets. We'll have to wait and see. Um... It's interesting, the press release that the, the Sydney Roosters put out mentioned how he was a Canterbury Bulldogs junior and he enjoyed being a Bulldogs fan growing up and he was talking about how his family is still diehard Bulldogs fans. But uh, yeah, there you go. The Roosters hold on to Daniel Tupo. I didn't think that he was going to go anywhere else, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm glad. You like seeing those one-club players even if they were juniors and other clubs. Now, I'm going to make a little bit of a prediction. I think we're going to hear more about the COVID breaches that involved the Bulldogs that happened earlier in the week. Um, and they were kind of not kept quiet, but they kind of went under the radar a little bit. So I feel like the media's attention is probably going to focus on those ones now. It seems as though there's a little bit more to that story that will come out. I'm not saying that I've got any special inside information. There's nothing worse than people that are like, oh yeah, I've got some inside information. You're going to love it. If I had some inside information, I'd just tell you. And that's the thing with these people. They never actually just tell you what their inside information is. They just hint at it. But uh, it seems as though there's been a little bit more disrespectful behavior with some of the Bulldogs players and the club that is being reported. And I think that that story is going to blow up a little bit over the next couple of days. And we might see the Bulldogs having to sort of revisit their decision on some of the players that were involved in that breach. So we'll wait and see. When all With all of this going on, and you've got state of origin and everything, I think that this has put another thing under the radar, and that is how poorly the Canberra Raiders are playing. I plan on bringing somebody on that is a Raiders fan over the next few weeks to talk about their thoughts on the Raiders, on how their season's going, on Ricky Stewart as a coach and their player recruitment. 
because, man, it is going, it is going downhill very fast. And the weird thing is, I don't think they're doing too much wrong there in Canberra. I just think that there are some misguided decisions that they've made. And, you know, I, I've said on, on Twitter this week, I think Ricky Stewart's a really good coach. I really do. But I think when he recruits a player or he brings a player through or he trusts a player, he he finds it very hard to then make the decision down the track that he needs to move that player on or replace that player with somebody better. And I think it holds the Canberra Raiders back a little bit. And I think that we're seeing that right now in their results. Um, I think that the Raiders would be a really good team if they just replaced a few players that he keeps holding on to. But I would like to talk about that with the Canberra Raiders tragic. So I'm just trying to find out which one to talk to at the moment. And uh, that should be an interesting conversation we can have. Anyway, that's the end of this podcast. If you've enjoyed it, go to patreon.com forward slash league freak. There's no space between league and freak. If you go there, you can see that I've got a bunch of different tiers. As I say, more tiers than West Tigers fans normally have on Twitter. Um, you can pick any tier you like. All of the uh, the money that you donate through that Patreon Go straight to the website costs and any costs associated with this podcast. So if anything that you can give, I appreciate it so, so much. I can't tell you enough. Uh, check out my personal website, which is leaguefreak.com. Also check out nrlbreakingnews.com, which is just a pure news feed of what's going on in rugby league at the moment. Also check out the Rugby League Podcasting Network. You can find that at rugbyleaguepodcastingnetwork.com. The longest website address in rugby league. I don't think there's a longer one than that in rugby league. Um, I have added the feed for that website onto the NRL Breaking News Twitter feed. If you look up NRL Breaking News on Twitter with no spaces, you'll find that feed. It's a pretty good feed right now, and I will be adding more things to it. And once again, another really cool snapshot of what's going on in rugby league. Uh, all of the best new independent podcasts, a feed from my website. There will be other websites added to that as well. Also, follow me on Facebook. If you look up League Freak with no spaces, you'll find it. Um, I think it might be facebook.com forward slash League Freak with no spaces. Uh, also, check out the podcasting website, which is fergointhefreak.com. You can go there. Have a look at all of the guests we've had on, and we've had so many guests. Uh, have a look at all of the history episodes we've done. If you're a big rugby league history nut, you will absolutely love that. And yeah, so thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, go to your podcasting app, give us a five-star rating, tell your friends to have a listen, subscribe to the podcast, and I will talk to you in the next couple of days.